Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Anyone fancy a pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. You're listening to Eat It, of course. Welcome, everybody. And uh, I just want to say a very, very good afternoon to you all in these times that we're living in. And um, I also want to say a very, very big g'day to Carl Chapman. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hello. I'm not sure. Are you hearing yourself okay? No, I'm not. I'm not hearing you either. Let's just switch to the other mic. Let's try old mic number two, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. The wonderful thing about um, this day and age is uh, I have never smelt these microphones smell so good. I was just thinking the same thing as we went on air. Isn't it? Beautiful. It's like a little perfume all around us. Um, We have to thank the the doctors who were in this studio uh, before the scientists took over in Studio One. And I want to throw a huge bouquet to them. This is are the times when this community radio station shines as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Yep, absolutely. I think um, I've been listening to Triple R all this morning through Radio Monara, uh, with the therapy guys, uh, with the scientists. And um, I think what's really interesting, obviously there is only one hot topic at the moment, but each show approaches it through quite a different lens. lens. And um, I think compared with listening to um, the mainstream media, which is also very important as a compliment to Triple R, um, we're really coming at it and hopefully giving fresh perspectives. And I think we're hopefully going to hear the same thing shortly. Specialised perspectives um, that are so relevant. And uh, if you didn't hear the scientists, if you didn't hear radiotherapy, I uh, commend you to um, go back. Radio on demand on the Triple R website, and uh, have a listen and um, and get that information because it's very very important to us as a community. It is important to us as society. So uh, I commend you to do that. Before we do get into the show, I would like to maybe put in the front of your mind um, something. Just to take over all the other things that are front of all our minds, like uh, where is my next dollar going to come from? Am I going to get sick? Have I got enough food? What on earth is happening to the hospitality industry? But have a think maybe about this station because uh, we will play – how many sponsorship announcements do we have, Carl? We have only one for this hour. We have only one. We We would normally have eight, nine. Nine. So – so the um, the money that's coming into this station has dropped off a cliff. 
and um, I just want to just pre-alert people that April April Amnesty is coming up, and um, I know we always say, "Oh my God, we're uh, we need your money to get going and all that sort of stuff." And you've heard that all before, but I would actually say to you that there is an added uh, imperative to that, and support this station. Uh, it's very, very important. It is part of the cultural milieu that makes this Melbourne the glorious Prague of the South. Very well said, Cam. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. So, twelve oh five. We need to get going on because we've got someone very, very special hanging on the phone to have a chat with us, and we will get to her very, very shortly to let you know what's going on the show today. This show has been in partnership, hand in hand, with. All the women and men that I love in the hospitality industry. And uh, we want to find out what is happening. So we're going to take a little snapshot of that industry and also chat about um, what some of the staff can do if they are in peril at the moment. I'm talking to Danny Valant, great journalist in this town. So we're going to cross to her very shortly. She's on hold. We're coming to you, Danny. Just got to introduce two more things. That's going to be kind of heavy. That's sort of the yin to the the yang of this show. It's a show in two parts. We're going to talk about this industry. We're then going to go and chat to John. That's right, folks. There is a little bit of familiarity. There is something that's comforting about having a chat to John because, well, we've been chatting to John for about 25 years on this show. So he's around. I've already recorded him. And then we're going to the um, Pomonal General Store in the Grampians to talk to our resident mycologist, or Mr. Mushrooms, Cameron Russell. So let's move on. We're going to have a chat to Danny Valant. Danny Valant, a very, very good afternoon. Sobering times we live in. Cam, thank you for having me on. It's Definitely not easy times in the food industry that we love so much. Well put. Um, these are people that, well, you have watched a generation of these people grow up and mature and uh, become household names, and then all the other people that are associated, affiliated with them. This industry is in a lot of trouble, isn't it? Yeah, look, Cam, we've all got a stake in it. We're all part of it. Um, We all love our Melbourne restaurants, whether we are diners or whether we own them or whether we work in them. supply Uh, them. Definitely, if we supply them, we all have a stake in it, and I think we're all feeling really hurt, really bewildered. I mean, it's a a crazy time all round. Um, Yeah, people are feeling it in all kinds of ways in in every industry. Uh, But, yeah, of course, we're going to focus on the food folk here, as you do each week. Um, it's just such a different and ever-changing landscape and it's changed so, so, so quickly. Like Every day. Every yeah. day it seems to be something new has changed. Um, uh, I'd like to bring a, a couple things up. The, the one that really kind of rocked me uh, last night at about, uh, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, an uh, Instagram post from Guy Grossi and uh, he said... We're closing the restaurant on Burke Street Hill, uh, Florentino, all three of them. Um, and that just, that kind of devastated me in a way because that's a huge, that's almost a, it's a symbol for our industry, isn't it? Yeah, it is it is symbolic. But Cam, let's also say at the same time that he's closing temporarily and, you know, the Grossi family and, and, and the other restaurants that are closing the doors at the moment, we definitely hope that we see them, open them on the other side of it. And yeah, I know that, You'll be there, and I'll be there, mm-hmm. and we'll be yeah, we'll be we'll be back in the doors and supporting them. Yep. It's um, I guess restaurateurs, um, anyone in food, you know, they they have to take the measures that are right for them, and for some, um, for places like those grossy restaurants, uh, I guess pivoting to takeaway, which a lot of other businesses are are doing, perhaps just isn't going to work for someone <clears throat> for a business that relies on that, that dining experience so heavily. Um, and, it, and it, is, it is devastating. It yeah. is devastating. Um, I think maybe we might uh, – I, I don't know. I'm just trying – here we are on this radio station and trying to be useful. And um, I was thinking – and tell me what you think about this, Danny, is that 
um, as well as resources that you've built up, which I want to talk to you about um, uh, later on, maybe in the short term, in the here and now, we talk about some places who are offering takeaway um, alternatives. They're, they're pivoting, they're having to, um, and maybe we give them a chance for the community to support them. What do you think about that? Of course, yeah, love to, love to. I think one thing that we are seeing is that our um, hospitality businesses, are they are always thinking on their feet. You have to be innovative to be in wow. this game. Um, and this is, yeah, this is, this is a curveball that, yeah, no one uh, had a plan for, but yeah. uh, it is inc- it is incredibly inspiring, heartening, uh, moving actually, moving. like super yes. moving to see how quickly some people are pivoting to delivery. Um, I mean, I almost don't want to single anyone out because so many people are doing it, but I will just mention I just um, got a, a a picture that. Um, Domenico DeMarco sent me from Giro d'Italia in Rathdown Street, North Carlton. Yep. And it was um, a picture of all the orders that had come in today, that people that were going to come and pick up pasta and grocery boxes from him. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, <laughs> he sent it to me. It's like, you know, he hasn't got orders coming over the past, but he's got people ringing up and saying, you know, make me some tagliatelle. And I think what we can see there is not only a business that's pivoting and innovating, but it's customers, um, Melburnians, um, who are supporting our restaurants as we always want to. So I think that's, that's very beautiful. Um, there's so many people that are putting up lists and resources and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing my little bit, but um, good food is definitely somewhere to watch. Um, Pat Nurse, C11. Yes. Um, Can I also uh, uh, throw a big bouquet out to Broadsheet who are actually... And Broadsheet, they're, yeah. They're handling, uh, if you want to get an idea of who's offering what, but here's an image that just burned into my brain um, last night again from the social media and Instagram, but it was Ben Shuri who is chopping up the tables of Attica to build the shop next door to sell Vegemite scrolls and Davidson plum scrolls. And I thought, my God, and the caption underneath was, it wasn't so much to save himself, although, you know, self-interest is, is obviously there, but to save the staff. Yeah, look, I, I think so many of our hospitality businesses, their families, um, they're, you know, they they are together so so much. And, it, it, you know, I'm stricken for the plight that they're in, and I know that many of the employers are stricken for the plight of their staff. Um, because and- a lot of the employers have had to become counsellors for their staff. Well, no one has a template to no. navigate this. There, there is um, no, so no business plan at the back of the filing cabinet that you just pull out or, you know, in case of emergency, break the glass and pull it out, can you? No, there isn't There isn't one of those. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, Ben, uh, ben Shuri is an, is an amazing leader and um, he'll be doing everything he possibly can to, to rally his team. And I know that, you know, they'll be behind him and they'll be doing everything they can. It's, it's a funny thing, isn't it, Cam, because... You know, Attic has also started doing home delivery and it might be Ben himself that, you know, brings yeah, his I potato know. cooked in the earth that was thrown over to your place. And it, it's sort of it's sort of crazy exciting but so devastating because of the circumstances. It's you poignant. Know, it, it, it is yeah. in, incredibly it, – it, it's – it's wonderful, it's innovative, but but it's sad and poignant at the same time, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah, we don't want – we don't want potatoes on our doorstep in these circumstances. No, and, you know, when, when we hear about things like unnatural things that are happening in this industry, like when all of a sudden these bookings are available at Chin Chin, it's sort of like, wow, that's um, that's yeah. a change. You know the ground has shifted when that happens, don't you? Yep. Um, a, a comment that it would appear, well, it's obvious, that it, there there has to be government intervention i mean the what is what is the sad thing is just seeing what to me is almost like a band-aid on a bleeding artery um because this is not sustainable and government really has to step in and you were telling me that uh the second stimulus package is going to be released sometime today yes 
Yeah, they're live in Canberra now. So, um, yeah, Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg are making announcements. So there's a couple of things I've gleaned from what they've already said, which would be relevant to uh, restaurants. So there are going to be uh, cash... You know what? I'm not a I'm not a tax expert, but yes. there are, there's going to be grants of a minimum twenty thousand dollars and up to one hundred thousand dollars for small and medium businesses. Gotcha. Um, sole gotcha. traders and casuals are going to be able to access ten thousand dollars of their super this year and ten ten thousand next year if their income has dropped twenty percent or more, and there'll be no tax on that. But that's a couple of initiatives. Wow. The package is is one hundred and eighty nine billion dollars, so it is definitely pumping money in and the package that they're announcing they're sort of halfway through it um i'll sort of gather all my notes later but and mm. and pop them up um i mean it'll be all over the news you don't need to sure. count on me but no. i am building a, a resource section on my website um if anyone in the industry wants to go to dannyvalent.com and just on the on my homepage, you'll see a resource pack for hospo businesses navigating this um and i'll put my notes up there uh or links to the press releases so look it's um I mean, nothing's going to make this normal, right? Like, nope. no amount of... It's like the government... Uh, the government it's, can't suddenly run every business in the country or fund every business in the country, but that's obviously, obviously, you know, uh, I understand that it's a disaster. The, the Victorian government package that came out yesterday, which already seems about a month ago... Indeed. Uh, definitely... Um, uh, yeah, went some way to assisting um, small and medium businesses. Um, and that information's on my website too. I'm sure people have probably caught up with that now. But it's hard to digest it. You know, as you say, there is so much happening every day and it almost seems like... I know what I know. some restaurants are just in such a quandary, you know, do they stay open and bleed money or do they close? Um, yes. And I know a lot of people are frustrated that there's not clear guidance from the government about what to do, where it feels like everyone's been told to stay at home, but in the meantime, you know, there are these um, rules about how many people you're allowed to have per square metre. It's such and, a paradox, um, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, and we know that we know that restaurants, um, you know, they're not swimming in cash at the, at the at the best of times, even when they've got full restaurants. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's so tricky, and I suppose that's why I'm just motivated to just try to gather the information and, and give anyone any support that I can because, I mean, I'm stricken, you know. I was I was a restaurant reviewer last week. What's happened? <laughs> um, yes. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just stricken. You know, restaurants are my favourite places in the world and I just love that, that they're, you know, especially in Melbourne, there are gathering places. There are places where we they celebrate, def- commiserate. They you know, define the, us too. They define this city as being one of the, yeah. one of the great cultural cities in the world. Yeah, yeah, they certainly do. They really do. Uh, yeah. So now, I, I, go on. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Danny. No, it's all right. No, it's, I mean it's just, I suppose, to, to reinforce that you know that we we love our restaurants so much, and it hurts us to see them hurting. And it is really, it is beautiful to see people um, getting behind their favourite restaurants, and. Uh, whether they're getting, whether they're still dining in them at a safe distance apart, or whether they're getting pickup or delivery, and and hopefully when they do choose pickup and delivery, they are uh, they are looking for options in which most of the money, all of it, hopefully gets to the restaurant. Um, so, yeah. and yeah. and I think I just I I can't resist it, but I've I've got to just say a couple places that that need your help at the moment. Jerry Meyer, who's one of my one of my favourite chefs, the the passion that she exhibits. She's doing it tough at the moment. She's got an arm for Nom, Beer Hoy, and she's got meals, full meals, $13 to $18. Um, Renee yeah. from Little Latin Lucy in Paradise Alley, Easy Street. If you've got a Little Latin Lucy on Instagram, you can find out about that. Again, what I would say is um, I, I think um, you'll – have you got a list that you're doing or should people go to Broadsheet? Because I think that's maybe one of the most um, quickly updated and definitive lists at the moment. Sure. They've probably got more people working on their list yeah, than I do online. So just... I guess I'm focusing on pasta at my list, um, which you can also just see from my website. And yeah. it's not because I think pasta is more important than anything else. It was actually an idea um, from photographer Christopher Paulson um, who thought as um, – 
doesn't seem to be pasta on the supermarket shelves. Maybe some of our great Italian restaurants can come to the party and people can do pasta for pickup. So that was his idea, and I'm just running it on my website um, and that updating it as, as quickly as I can. Yeah, yeah he's so clever. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I'm super happy to be doing that. And, uh, yeah, like, so, yeah, go to Broadsheet, go check out my page. Um, yep. Where's your page? How up. do people find you again, just so they know? Uh, dannyvalent.com. And yep. on my homepage, you'll easily see the two um, pages that are relevant to this situation. One is <clears throat> the list of um, pasta for pickup, mm. the rescue packs, and the other one, it's pasta and produce. I'm exp- I've sort of got pasta and produce and a few other little bits and pieces. And then the other one is a resource for people in hospo it's got information let's uh, let's broaden that out and tell us maybe just give us a snapshot of what you find and what you're reporting on with uh with that uh with, with that resource because resources. the thing right, is if you. i can just just to set it up a little bit more is the fact that we've got a whole bunch of um of of part-time people who are just going to the wall and there is a lot of fear and and if we look at this this market you know half the people in the tourism and food sector could easily lose their jobs and if nothing else changed the unemployment rate would double to 10% in this sector alone yeah that's it's scary hey yep. so um yeah, I mean, I thought, what can I do? I can try to gather some information because there's a lot of it flying around. So on my page, uh, it's hospital resources for COVID-19 and I've got different sections. One's assistance, so that's got details of the Victorian Government Business Survival Package, where to register for assistance as a business or as an employee who's lost their job. It's got a, a template for a letter to your landlord to ask for a rent reduction. Yep. It's got in- information. So the Restaurant and Catering Industry Association has a really good coronavirus hub. Um, mm-hmm. It explains how the um, how the regulations work, one person per four square metres. How does that actually work? Um, it's got <laughs> what does it look link- like? <laughs> yeah, a link to the fair, your fair work rights and responsibilities as applied to coronavirus, both for employers and employees. Uh, so one of the really good, um, nimble uh, things that the Victorian government has done is um, yes. made it possible for premises to quickly amend their liquor licence to allow takeaway. So that means if you're selling, you know, if Jerry's selling her her, her um, dumplings or her beautiful, um, yeah, noodles she can, or whatever she can it is she's selling, like, I love her it. food so much. Also. Yeah, she can, you can grab some beer or some wine to take away. So I've also... So as well as linked to that rule, I've also got a really great hack um, that one of my um, Facebook buddies um, has about how to just navigate that website so that you can actually, people have been getting same-day approval, which is pretty ace. Um, I've got links to different, if you're not into Uber or Deliveroo, I've got links to some other options to get the word out about what you are selling. Um, And there's a couple of community support. Uh, networks that I'm linked to, that I've linked to, um, yeah, because this is just bad, and it helps to talk. So I think if there's anything, any little gleam that's coming out of this, it is that we can and do and are pulling together. And it's just, it's really funny because it's like this thing. Well, none of us have lived through this where there's this. Oh, no. As you could say, yeah. It's such a unique situation that the whole world is going through at the same time, this this emergency and different, yeah, different forces are at different points in the race, but yes. we are all in it together. And I think in Melbourne, we are a special place and we can pull together in a special Melbourne way. Um, but sometimes you just need to have a bit of a cry or a scream or ask a question that someone might know the answer to. So there are some good, social media can, can play a really important role in this um, crisis and just help us feel connected. Uh, and lastly, there's some links to the, some petitions. Um, so, yeah, there's various petitions flying around. I started one on Monday, which seems about five years ago, asking Uber and Delivery to reduce commissions. Was and, that only um, on Monday? My God, it does it seem so. Like, yeah, I know. And that was a big win too. There was a $5 million came out of that? Well, Uber announced a $5 million um, assistance package to restaurant partners, um, and there are some good things in that, but uh, they haven't actually reduced commission. But it it is actually... uh, Perhaps I will mention now, Cam, that all those major platforms do now allow restaurant partners to set different prices on the app to the prices that they charge in their restaurants, 
which means that they can effectively reduce emission by raising prices. I see. Yeah. So if anyone's not aware of that, they could give that a go. I mean, it does mean that, you know, your burger might look a bit more expensive than it does normally, but surely at this time, if no other, people will understand and you can be, yeah, transparent about why it needs to cost more. If you have the money to support this industry, if you have employment to um, allow you to support this industry, we, we beg you to do that because... Um, the industry is crying out for support. The last thing that I'd like to say, Danny, is this is a chance to to unleash the better angels of ourselves. That's a terrible cliche. We need to be kind to people. We need to be kind to each other and to think about community, yeah? Absolutely. That's going to get us through, mate. Mm. Yep, it will. Danny? Thank you so much for having um, a chat to us. Um, we don't know how long this station is going to be open for. If we go into a complete lockdown, I think I told you, uh, another yeah. another cam takes a laptop and he sets it up in his living room and he playlists. And that'll be a sad day. Um, but until that happens, we're going to keep broadcasting. We're going to keep um, talking to you, the community, and have the best people like you, Danny Vallant, to... Tell us what's going on. Again, Danny Vallant, it's one N and one L. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Thanks, Cam. Um, Thank you for creating this beautiful safe space for everyone in Melbourne to, you know, just share their love of food and and our beautiful hospitality industry. Pleasure. And thank you for for elucidating this this great industry and uh, the great food and wine and things that comes from it. Danny Vallant, love you. Big hug. From 1.5 metres. (laughs) All right. Bye, Cam. Bye. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to 3 Triple RFM. Let's go to the market, shall we? We're going to have a little bit of chat to John. Very good morning to you, John. Or actually, it's afternoon, isn't it, by the time we speak? Yes, it is. And a beautiful day it is. But you haven't turned on your charm. It's spitting. There's no sun yet. Grey skies. I'm not used to this, mate. Even in the middle of winter, you do it to me. You come and, and the sun comes out through those clouds. Yeah, I'm, I'm slipping a bit. I don't know what's happened. I put in the order, but uh, it didn't come through. It's, um, first of all, one thing that I did notice um, in, the, uh, in the loos up there, the toilet block, there's a whole bunch of guys... They're busy disinfecting. They're busy wiping down. And uh, and I stopped and I said, you know what? You guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. And I thank them. That's right. Don't forget, a lot of people out there, you may not see them, but they're out there doing their thing, mm. um, trying to make things safer and cleaner for us. Yeah. So, yeah, why not spread the love if you see someone doing a job that you might think twice about doing, say thank you. Yeah, a little we bit of... We forget a, these things. An acknowledgement was a nice thing, and he was sort of almost taken aback. And went, oh, yeah, OK, that's, that's OK. But because we say there's no shame in any work, and if they're doing something that's good for us, why not? Yeah, maybe thank, thank them. We've got a lot of beautiful produce in front of us. Um, it's a little bit quieter than it was last week. It is. Um, I didn't do Tuesday, but apparently uh, they got swamped here. Meat, oh, meat and fish sold out by midday Tuesday. Yeah. People were definitely panic buying. Now, if you have a look at a market today, there's no one here. There's a few people um, walking around and buying what they want. They're very lucky because they can pick the eyes out of the market, as we say. Cool. Big eyes they um, are today, yeah. too. But we had a little bit of a busier week because people are panic buying, and there's no need. Unfortunately, it's the wrong time of the year. Um, vegetables are a little bit scarcer because there's not many out in the field. Yeah, you're saying this is a... What we're looking at in the farms is this is a transition time. That's right. Seasons still exist. (laughs) You know, I've been saying to people, when my mum and dad went overseas 15 or so years ago, Mm. you know, there were very few tomatoes and capsicums in the market and I sold them $15 back then. Mm. Wow. You know, and today you can pay anything from 8 to $12 in the Vic market. Yeah. I saw on the news someone had them $18 out in the shop. Now, if they've got to pay big rents, they have to get that sort of money. But there's vegetables out there, so there's no need to panic. Um, and seasonality is definitely there because um, I brought you some show and tell. I've got a, a big onion here. 
uh, the size of a very large Granny Smith. Now, we've all seen... Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, we've big all apple. seen big yeah. green apples. Well, yeah. this, this is a beautiful, shiny brown onion. It's still got a little bit of the tail left. Mm. Now, normally we'd, you, we'd call these a caterer's onion because they slice and dice and they're nice and juicy, but they're big and less work. These are make beautiful onion rings. Oh, and, and, oh yeah. Not what, everyday food. And, and what about a little bit of fried onion on a bit of crusty bread? Have you ever tried that? Yeah. Especially with a little bit of hot chilli through it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you don't smell too good later, but... <laughs> but, but hey, no, the, the trick is that you, you get everybody to have some and then everybody smells all together and it's okay. Well, better still, we don't care, so mm. <laughs> we how, eat it. How far is an Italian... Would you cook that down? I mean, how brown and caramelised would you do those? Really depends on what you're doing. Like, mm. if, if you're putting them through, uh, say, rice and that, you might leave them a little bit crunchier. Mm. Um, if you're going to put them on a bit of bread or something, you might brown them till they're nearly crisp. Mm. And if you want a different experience, you can crisp them up or you can make onion rings or yeah. even just chuck them in beside the roast and let the oven do its job. Whatever happens, happens. And if you were French... You just keep cooking and cooking and yeah. cooking until they go into that brown caramelised mush that makes a soup so yes. famous. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay, so we've got giant onions. How much are they? Uh, unfortunately, three fifty. Normally, we throw them out this time of year at about a dollar, dollar fifty. So three fifty, you know, is still pretty good. I mean, it still can... is. I, I saw again on TV. I shouldn't say these things, but yeah. uh, someone had a six dollar ticket on it. That's a little bit over the top. Yep. Yep. But what do you do? What do you do? And you got uh, you got two types of sweet potato. Yeah, different plants. Yes, yes. this orangey one is a yeah. long, like a banana. Kumara bro. Yes. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, That's just what I was Kumara thinking. Um, these are a beautiful um, orange. This is a fresh one. I don't like eating fresh ones because. There's not a lot of sugar in them. Um, and that's they're, what they're all about, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit bland, so we wait till they go limpy and mm. sometimes even rotten on the end. You break the end off and, and then you go from there. Same as beetroot, the way you think about beetroot. Yeah, too, yeah, but a lot of people are still hesitant to buy soft beetroot, which is a shame mm. because it, it, there's more juice in it, more sugar, mm. more flavour. Mm. Yeah, there's another Roman from Carlton thinks he knows everything. Yeah, well... Um, Yes, anyway, we'll move on. And then we got this... Uh, John is just talking about one of his customers, long-time uh, uh, buyer of stuff. Very vociferous, though, isn't he? Yes, yes. He'd make a very good greengrasser, but he's worse. He's a real estate agent. Commercial. Okay. Purple one. Purple, purple sweet Yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Now, this one's purple. It's odd-shaped. It's... Um, what do you? Well, it looks like a, um, a small baby white radish, like mm. a daikon. Yep. Thick on one end, pointy on the other. Yep. A beautiful purpley magenta colour. White starchy flesh. Very yeah, different yeah. to the kumara. Now, um, this, when you cook it, it tastes like a sw- um, chestnut. Yes. Now, if yes. we don't have an open hearth, which you don't, we don't anymore, uh, we got rid of all the fires, you wrap them in glad wrap, wet them properly, uh, put them in a microwave. Um, and then you slice it and eat it on a cold morning here. That's mm. what we do. Um, warms up your hands, warms up your mouth, yeah. and, and it goes all the way down and warms the cockles of your heart. So this could be like a horse chestnut. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, that, that's like cheaper too. That's going to go on a roast tomorrow night. Yep. All right. And then I brought you these beautiful solomarinda. This is a Spanish variety of tomato. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to describe it. Well, this is the one. Did you show me one of these last week? Because yeah, we but it was very, very red. Rouge de Maumont, sort yes. of, uh, because it's got the, the dimples and the crinkles and Not things like many. that. Not as many. And also like a green zebra because yeah. it has those green striations. A, or a, ver- a very, very pretty tomato. <laughs> and green-shouldered, very green-shouldered. This is a little bit crunchier than a Rouge de Maumont. Mm. Um, I think still part of the beefsteak family because when you slice it, not much seed, all flesh, all colour, all juice. Ooh. Yes. And Ooh, that sounds good. The um, agent was telling Joe that uh, these ripen from the inside, so even though they might look a little bit green on the outside, when you cut them, they're bright red on the inside. How many tomatoes ripen from the inside? Not many. No, not no, many. That's, that's not many. So it's strange. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, unfortunately, the newer varieties of rock melons that don't have stripes are like that. Mm. Uh, you can look at it, it looks green on the outside, you slice it down the middle and it's overripe on oh. the inside. And you can't even eat it because it tastes like kerosene. Oh, Whereas the old stripy cantaloupes, <laughs> if it's 
dark orange on the outside of stripe. If mm. it's got green stripes, it's still green. Yep. Um, so you eat it whenever you're ready, and, and you know you can leave it on a bench. But with the other newer varieties, you have to put them in a the fridge. I remember the old ones. You used to be able. The best way to tell was you put it to your nose, and if Smell. it smelled, it was done. Yeah. But in this day and age, we probably can't do that as no, much anymore. No, But that goes with a lot of things. Even some of the tomatoes. It depends on the weather. Mm. When you pick up some of the tomatoes and smell them, you may not smell much. But when you cut our Doncaster tomatoes in half, they've always got flavour. Yes. Yet if you buy a truss tomato with all the stem on it, yep. you smell the stem. That's all you're smelling. When you cut the tomato, you may as well drink a glass of water because that's all it is. Ooh. I do not sell truss tomatoes anymore for that reason. Really? My customers don't want them. Mm. Cherry truss, yes. Yeah. Cherry truss, when you bite one of them, it's like a bomb that go bang in your mouth. Yes. And you remember the flavour two hours later. And especially if you whack them in a, in a really, really hot oven and just scald them with that hot temperature and it brings out the sweetness. Yes. A bit of and that's another thing that suffered the seasons. We didn't get any fresh ones last week. Mm. There was not a cherry tomato in the market this week. Or there were cherry trust, sorry. There were cherry tomatoes which are different again. Mm. So, you know, our customers have been very, very upset about that. But what do you do? They've been buying Doncaster and they're still happy. I have a question for you. Everybody is thinking about their larders, they're thinking about what's in their pantries, and they're thinking about what do I need food-wise to, uh, you know, to keep it all together. What's that, $15 you're trying to get? You want to shout and get Sammy. Sammy, put this back on the tomatoes. There we go. Yeah. What I want to do is, from an Italian peasant point of view, what are the staples that you think you need to get through what we're all going to have to get through? Yeah, I'd say come and not sell you some Aussie garlic, but we sold the last of it yesterday. Mm. So if you've got good olive oil, yep. salt, pepper, yep. garlic, mm. good tomatoes. Grana. Um, yeah, a bit of grana in the fridge. Yeah. A little bit of radicchio. Mm. And uh, a salad. Yep. Um, hey, Claudio. Um and you need some peas and beans, or at least green beans cabbage, and pumpkin cabbage. Well. Yes, um, one of my regulars said, oh, "I haven't had cabbage for a while. I might make a minestrone." Mm. I said, "Good." I said, "Do Northern Italian style. You chop the outer leaves and put it on top of the minestrone at the end. Yeah. Get a little bit of crunch. Yeah. The flavour goes right through your minestrone." Or we put endive. We, we, I bought some beautiful endive last week, and Franco put that through the minestrone. This is quite a bitter green. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, but good. the inside leaves are white. We ate that as a salad raw, mm. and the outer leaves we we cooked and froze some and ate some fresh. Mm. Um, yeah, so cabbage, um, carrots definitely. Yep. Uh, we sold out of carrots. Carrots went ballistic. There not many around. So the price went through the roof. Wow. Even salary is short supply. Wow. My salary supplier said one of the supermarkets rang, I wanted more. Mm. And he said, I haven't got any. He said, but we'll pay you more, but I can't give it to you if I haven't got it. So there you go. So suppliers are getting down a little oh, bit. Oh, definitely. This, this is not a fabrication. This is real. Mm. So you need salary. That goes everywhere. goes in a salad, goes in a soup. Mm. Um, like we said, pumpkin... Bag of onions, who said onions, that? Onions, yeah, onions we need. Yeah. And then, you know, you need a few things to make things um, spicier in life, like, you know, a bit of eggplant that you can make a parmigiana or, or fried eggplant with and capsicums mm. for a bit of colour. Or uh, what is it, pasta monica? Monica is a, is a beautiful dish with uh, uh, the sugo, uh, eggplant and uh, usually penne. Yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. dish. We normally fry up um, the Swiss browns, onion, and um, mm. eggplants, and put that through the pan there yeah. with the, with the tomato sauce as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then you need pasta and rice in a cupboard, and yeah, then we're nearly there. Yeah, and flour too. Yep. So I I think my advice is you think like either an Italian peasant or a, a Spanish peasant or or think with your Chinese. stomach. Yeah, and plan ahead. All right, John, I'm going to get to uh, the, uh, the station. Thanks for talking to us. As long as we can, we'll be in touch with you. And you're holding up a persimmon. Yes, a... This, this is a Fuji persimmon, crunchy. Yeah. You, if you eat them overripe, they're very good. If not, you eat them half green and they're crunchy and they're beautiful. Mm. I'm going to enjoy this while you're packing up. All right. Well, bon appetito. Thank you. Have Thank a lovely day.
12.46 here on 3 Triple RFM. A little bit of John just to, uh, well, inject a little bit of a normality into a time that is not normal. Um, we're going to go using the miracle of the phones now. And uh, let's see, I'm just actually going to Google Maps first of all because I'm just getting a, a sense of this location. Uh, you might want to join me, folks. Uh, Pomonal, P-O-M-O-N-A-L. I'll do that again, P-O-M-O-N-A-L. It's in the Grampians. We're going to talk to Mr Mushroom, Cam Russell. A very, very good afternoon to you. Hey, Cam. How are you going? How are you going? Um, I'm just looking at... Uh, at Google Maps, um, this is a place where a, it's almost like Rome in that all roads seem to lead to this store. You know, you've got one, two, three, four, five. There's about six roads that come in and sort of intersect around here at the Pomonal General Store. Can you give us a little word picture as to where you are and what's it all about? Well, this is sort of where I live these days, um, Pomonal's little hamlets there's only a couple of hundred of us up here yeah uh, but you are right the uh the uh, store is at the crossroads uh three of those six roads you're talking about i think maybe four of those might be bitumen but the rest of them are dirt tracks <laughs> yes um literally behind my shoulders is is the grampians you yeah. know it's uh, like standing looking up at the at a wall and you got a railway town. station no, no 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 that's just the name of a place oh okay a, no, the closest train station is installed, but they rarely get a, a train service from oh, Melbourne. Oh, right. I got it wrong. I saw these two lines. No, that's actually the Ararat Halls Gap Road. Road, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much where I'm standing, yeah. Well, that sounds... It's a beautiful part of the world, Cam, sitting here looking across to the Black Range, sort of 20, 30 kilometres. As, mm. as John was saying, you know, the grey clouds with a few uh, blue punching through and... Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a. I think bucolic would be a good word. Buto- bucolic splendor. Well, it's uh, it's great to uh, to talk about that. Over the years, we've talked a lot about you taking mushroom tours, and uh, and I thought as um, something to maybe just to talk about for a little bit of well, a little bit of therapy, a little bit of mindfulness. Uh, one of the things that you could do, which. Uh, I don't think it's going to imperil you too much. You should take a walk in the country and perhaps look for mushrooms. I think that's a, a, a jolly great idea to be doing. It's, uh, I, I'm finding it, like everyone else, a very stressful time. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I can grab my dog, Miss Boo, and we go for a walk up uh, up the road. And there's the trees and the... And the and the birds and the and the kangaroos and the emus and of course because I can't help myself there's always mushrooms to be found. Yes. And uh, this time of year actually we have a lot of uh, a variety called pithalus coming up, punching up through the gravel on the side of the road. Which, which sort edible, of that? They're sort of they're round. They sort of have the ones here. they one of the one of them that are probably more common common down towards the peninsula, and people might they look like horse poo. Give them a kick, oh, yeah. and they open up, and they look like horse poo in the, on the inside. And as they get older, the the the, um, the gills, which are internal, mm. mature, and you hit them, and you get big clouds of spores coming oh, the out. Puff balls, I love. They're I used to love there. those. Yeah, they're 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 in that family. So what a great thing to play with. Oh, you know, and the fungi love you for it because it's just spreading the spores around. Yeah, we, and um, what do we like? More mycelium. Oh, sorry, I've, I interrupted you. I'm no, that's all right. terrible. That. What, what, what's that about wood? No, wool. You can dye wool with different types of fungis to uh, colour up your wool or fabrics. Um, there's lots no of. No way. Yeah. Yeah, way. Wow, really? Yeah, way. Way, man. And I know you can do that with walnuts, are very, very good for, yeah. uh, for, for a dye. There's, um, there's a type of uh, wood, uh, wood funk, punk, sorry, type of fungi up here that's sometimes called a, a lion's mane. It's not an edible variety, so don't get it confused. With the edible it's lion's a, mane, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a different one altogether. But um, that you can get some amazing yellows and stuff out of that as opposed to browns or greens. And Anyway, I'm not a, uh, a clothes star. I just, you know, people tell me about what they do with mushrooms. <laughs> you go, wow, that me. sounds wow. good. Get out of here. Let's yeah. let's have a glass of wine while we work out how we're going to cook the ones that are edible. Yeah. Up. Um, so the the great news here we go. 
12.51, ladies and gentlemen. I'm giving you some good news in this hour. Um, the good news is that it's a bloody ripper of a mushroom season and it's only really, really just begun, hasn't it? We've had rain. Well, it's yeah. looking bloody good. It's, you know, every year at the end of summer, not every year, but most years at the end of summer, you get people go, oh, mushroom season started early. Mm. No, it's not, it doesn't happen at the end of summer. We only just kicked into autumn mm. by a couple of weeks. So what we're getting is the leftover of summer and the, the early parts of autumn, and it's just going off. My Instagram feed, as you would imagine, is just full of people bragging about piles of uh, uh, saffron milk caps that they're picking, or saffies, as a lot of people call them, or, mushrooms. or that kind of stuff. And, and I have to mention a mad mate of mine. Um, Who's your who, mad mate? He, he's a fellow that some of you might know. He's uh, called Martin Martini. He's a musician in Melbourne for many oh, yes. years. Yes, yes. And uh, he for, he is down in Tasmania at the moment having the, the best time picking mushrooms. Massive puffballs, um, agaricus bonardi, I think I pronounced that correctly, um, huge, huge rings of mushrooms that he's been out wandering around. We, I have to say that uh, Martin is, is one of my more uh, enthusiastic and daredevil mushroom friends. <laughs> When what way are you talking about? Uh, he uh, he'll try things that maybe I might be a little bit more cautious about when it comes to eating mushrooms. But, Say uh, no more. But he certainly cooks amazing food. Yes. Um, yeah. It was uh, interesting. Uh, Dan Hunter posted uh, a while ago uh, that uh, that was a couple of weeks ago that he was picking pine mushrooms in shorts, which yeah. was kind of kind of weird. Um, now, are you going to be doing? Uh, are you doing mushroom tours? We are. We're still continuing to do the mushroom tours for for three reasons. One is one mushroom tours. Uh, we're always in our own cars when we travel out there. All the social distancing. That's I cool. I want to call it social distancing. I just want to call it physical distancing because we're still going to be social. I'm still going to talk to you. All right. And we're wandering okay. around. I like it. And we're picking mushrooms, but we're not doing it as like. All bound together in uh, in a cord. Yes. We're wandering off. You yes, know? yes. And you know, the, as far as that goes, that all makes sense as far as this damn virus is concerned. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, we still need to be convivial. Yes, mushroom tours are not happening from from me until late May, early June. That's quite a few weeks away. The world has turned. I don't know how many times since yesterday, mm. and I'm sure it'll be a crazier place again tomorrow. But I think it'll be back to whatever happens. There'll still be mushrooms later on this year, and the sun and will if I'm rise. And out by myself, I'll, I'll send you pictures. Well, don't forget your dog. What's your dog's name again? Miss Boo. Miss Boo. What sort of dog is that? Uh, well, she thinks she's the smallest dog in the world, but uh, she's a staghound American bulldog cross. <laughs> so weighing in at about thirty-seven kilos. It's like, yeah, sure, I can jump on the couch. Oh yes, Miss she thinks Boo. It's hilarious. She's got a big goofy face, yes. and uh, you can certainly see photos of her on um, mushroom tours on Instagram. Uh, let's and, just do uh, that. So, mush, mush, you got mushroom tour. No one else had taken that. Luck, luck, and circumstance. Wow, hey. that's pretty good. Um, all right, Carl's just writing that down. Mushroom tours. Yeah, there he goes. He's just writing that down so that uh, we can see that sort of in front of us. Um, so if people want to... What, when are you starting these tours, just so that people know? We're not know? starting them until the end of May. Yeah, that's um, right, you said that. I just wanted yeah, to reiterate so that. But All the what, information about it is on mushroomtours.com. Yep. Um, that's our website. You can book there if you want to. But at the moment, I don't want people to book mushroom tours. No, 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 no. I no. want you to go and support your local restaurants. Yes, but um, I would like also like people to support their mental health and I think a very, very good way to do that, of course, is to, as Cam says, jump in the car um, and get out into the country. Maybe just keep your interactions with others to a minimum. You know, we've, we've got to think these things through. But um, if you're in the middle of a, a pine forest, you're not going to catch COVID-19. That's just uh, ain't going to happen. Uh, well, you know, you, you, can go, you can make... You've got your, your food, you make yourself a picnic, you wander off into the forest, you have a bit of a wander around. Mm. If, you're, uh, if you're inclined, which some people do, you can send me photos via Facebook and go, what the hell's that? Can I eat that? I've done that. I've done that. In the, that's so weird in this day. In the middle of nowhere, I've sent you a picture and gone, is this edible? 
Cam? I think on some occasions the answer was yes, and some of the occasions some of it was no. Definitely no. Actually, I sent you a picture of a mate of mine, uh, Joseph, up in, in Macedon, uh, also a place of a very, very good business, uh, Bar Ida, that, um, Ida Red, sorry, that make a really, really good pizza. Support them, by the way. Um, but he had a whole bunch of yellow stainers, and you went, nah, mate, don't eat those. No. You'll no. only ever eat those once in your life. No, and okay, and the most important thing, if you are going mushroom picking, not only do you need a good picnic in case you don't get any and maybe a bottle of wine or whatever, but you need a knife. Why do you need a knife, Cam? Well, you need a knife to cut them to keep the dirt out of your mushrooms because, like poison, mm. dirt is very easy to get in but very hard to get out. Yes. And no one likes their crunchy pasta. And. But, Sand. And also, we need to protect the mycelium, do we not? Oh, yeah, look, there's a, that's a very controversial one, Cam. You'll, I'm okay. sure you'll have people saying, rubbish. You'll oh, have okay. other people going, no. Uh, so well, look, I, I, I would but a knife go, is always a good thing. Cleanliness I, next to fungus. Yes. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Drum roll. Var- how droll, Cam. How Sorry, droll. Sorry, uh, Dark yeah. days, we've got to laugh. Yeah, we do. And um, I'm glad that you've been able to give us a little bit of a laugh. I would say cut them um, because I would be rather be on the, well, careful rather than um, in sure. tearing up the mycelium. That's just where I land on that. I look forward to seeing you at some stage soon. In the meantime, enjoy the beautiful locale of Pomonal on the Ararat Halls Gap Road. You can drop in and say good day to Cam. And, uh, of course, Mushroom Tours. Bloody hell, that's a ripper, mate. Thanks, mate. All right. Cam, always good to speak. See you soon. See ya. Stay safe. Bye. I'm gonna. (sighs) What do you think about that, folks? Is that a bit of a lift car? What do you reckon that was? That lifted us up a little bit. It really was a great way to uh, wrap up a show, which has been otherwise, well, a bit reflective of the times. Oh, reflective of the times. Yes, that's. uh, Yes, that is uh, one way of putting it. And uh, if you do get some some mushrooms. I think I would have to say maybe pine mushrooms are the easiest ones to uh, to get. Find a pine plantation, look for them. They're bright orange. You're not going to mistake them for anything else, uh, which is kind of good. They love butter. They just love butter, as uh, Matt McConnell said last week from Bar Larinia. Also, takeaway packs available from them. We're going to sign off now. Remember, we are community. Remember. Love is the most important thing of all. Love is what is going to get us through this. And um, if you can, hold your friends near, even though some of them we have to do from 1.5 metres. Carl, I want to thank you again. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, mate, for coming in. Really, really do appreciate it. I think it's time to sign off. Still here. Triple R is still here. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 